York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis for the Nick of Time Show here. Give you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time. And excuse me for the, the interrupt the intro. But we are back, man. We are back talking that Nick's talk. It's been a while since I last saw you guys. Um, hold on a second. I hold on. See, look. Having technical difficulties. This is what happens when you stay back. Stay away from me. Here we go. <laughs> What's going on? It's Jealous from Nick of Time Show. Here to give you that next talk just in the nick of time. And we are back. It's been a minute since we last saw y'all. Last time we talked to you guys. We talked with Mark Herman. And now, with the playoffs going on, we're here to talk to the next Knicks. Uh, bad And we playoffs topic in with how you see the New York Knicks moving forward. And there's definitely certain things to talk about. And we're gonna talk about it all. And before we talk about it all, please hit the like button, subscribe button, and also let me introduce my guy. All right, I'm introducing my guy, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G's in the building. Glad to be back. Watching some NBA playoff basketball. Wish the Knicks were there, but unfortunately, it's not the case this year. So, yeah, exactly. And and you know what? And this is a special episode. I'm going to try something new. All right. We're going to see how this goes. You never did this before. But it's the first time for everything. And uh, so we're going to test it out. So here's the here's the deal, guys. There will be no call-in today. All right. I repeat, there will be no call-in today. Nobody's calling in. But if you do want to talk with us, I'm going to post a link in the chat and we will let you in to talk with us live on video or you don't have to be on video. Maybe you just, I don't know. Maybe you want to keep the camera off and talk. We can do that too. And you can join us in talking with our Knicks talk. So this is our first uh, KOT Knicks fan open forum. We're going to try it out and see how you guys like it and get to talk with us debate us in forum style with the fans about the topics all right so salute to you guys and please hit the like button please hit the subscribe button and let's talk some of this next talk all right um cool now um see i got the old ticker up too i gotta, I gotta change the old ticker that's fine that's fine but here here's the thing um <clears throat> now right i've been i've been observing these Knicks lately, right? Yeah. And I also been taking a look at the the playoffs. And I I've 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 been studying the playoffs and kind of comparing them to the Knicks to see where we stand. And it's obvious that when I'm looking at these playoffs, there's certain things that the Knicks need to change. And one thing that I want to talk about is the fall of the Brooklyn paint jobs, a.k.a. <laughs> the New Jersey Nets, a.k.a. the Brooklyn Nets. All right. <laughs> now, what was interesting to me about the Brooklyn Nets, besides them winning the same amount of playoff games as our New York Knicks this season. <laughs> Shout out to World Wide West. Shout out to World Wide West. But um, 
is with the Nets talent, right? The Nets have an immense talent. They have arguably one of the two best ISO scorers in the league. And even with those ISO scorers, the Celtics were able to shut them down. And when you're looking about how they're trying to score, there's no off-ball movement. It's strictly ISO. And, you know, Kyrie Irving asks for this. Kyrie Irving asks for a coach not to be a coach, asks for them to not run plays. And you start to see when there was no off-ball movement whatsoever, even with the two of one of the greatest ISO players in the NBA, we were still manhandled. They were still manhandled and shut down to the point where they didn't even win one game. Which leads me to believe at some point we've talked about Tom Thibodeau and his effectiveness as a New York Nick and or his lack thereof. And it just it it, it just lets me know that we absolutely need an offensive coordinator on this team or at least for him to evolve. Because if the Nets get shut down with two of the best isolation offensive scorers in the league because they don't have off-ball movement, because they don't have place set for them, what chance do we have with Julius Randle and Tom Thibodeau's ISO-heavy offense? I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Yeah, um, I definitely agree because, you know, throughout the season, you know, we've definitely been complaining about the Knicks' lack of off-ball movement especially when the Knicks don't have a dominant offensive player like a Kevin Durant or a Kyrie Irving. And as you can see with the Nets, with the, with the style of play that they had in the playoffs against the Celtics, whenever Durant was isolated or whatever the case may be, whenever Durant drove, there were several Celtics defending him from all angles. Like, I think, I forgot who was breaking down film. I was watching it on ESPN, I believe, and they were breaking down film. And they, were, and they showed different, or it could have been NBA on TNT. It could either be one of them. Mm-hmm. But every time Durant drove to the basket, like, not only did he have somebody who was, like, staying in front of him, trying to guard him, but there was always, like, a Celtic coming from the side of him as well, trying to contest the shot as well. So it's like Durant was going up for shots, and he had, like, multiple people contesting him at the same time. Yeah. And, and then that's what happens when you don't have no ball movement. You allow the defense just sit still and be able to guard and, and be able to have multiple players guard one guy without having to worry about any of the other guys moving on offense. So, you know, that I agree. Like the Knicks definitely need to incorporate ball movement into um, the offense because with the way they played, especially when they had Julius Randle out there and the other players that they had out there who were ISO heavy, the Knicks offense stagnated a whole lot and that then that really did contribute to um the Knicks bad play on offense. Yeah. So I, I like I we have to for us to reach our maximum capa- maximum playability, for us to reach there's a cap on this team. What what I've learned from watching these playoffs absolutely is there's a cap on this team. And regardless of whether you think Tom Thibodeau is the guy um who who's done a good job or a bad job. The more and more I watch these playoffs, the more and more I start to realize we absolutely have a cap. Even if there is success in the regular season, when this comes time to the playoffs, we're going to have to have off-ball movement. We're going to have to have more creative 
guards. And we're going to have to have more flexibility when it comes to, to these rotations. Because I'm, I'm watching teams get massacred because they're not making adjustments. I'm watching teams get massacred because they don't have any off-ball movement or any plays run for them. Or even anybody who can read offenses on the fly and make decisions that benefit the team. Um, and which is funny because, and I'm not saying quickly is the absolute, the de facto answer, but I've seen a lot of encouraging signs that let me think that we should give him more of a try. And one of the things I like about him is him learning how to play make and learning how to make reads off the fly. And things are like that as what going to keep teams from keying in on one offensive player and taking advantage of them um, for... 48 minutes in the playoff game. <laughs> so yeah. I, that's one of the that's one of the things I that's one of the big takeaways I have from the playoffs. The other is I alluded to this before was the the lack of adjustments that Tom Thibodeau makes and how it can cost you in the games. I watched I know we both watched Utah versus <laughs> we both watched <laughs> First of all, Donovan Donovan's stock has plummeted in, in a lot of eyes of Knicks yeah. fans, basketball fans. Um, and I'm not going to go to the extreme and say he's a trash player or anything like that. He's still a top player. Um, but I, f- I feel like a lot of what I was watching with Donovan was the lack of adjustment. Now, imagine... We go bear. I, I saw this. I saw some stats that came out, and it talked about. I think it was a list of the fifteen most defensive NBA players in the NBA, and how they impacted the game, and how when these players are in the game, they uh they drop the opposing opponent's average points by like, I'm um, average points by like two to three to four points a game. Rudy Gobert was on top of that list. He was one of the most he was the most effective player in the NBA of having players drop below their average in scoring. Uh also, I'd like to add that Emmanuel Quickly was also on that list. Um <laughs> and I also would like to add Alex Burks was not on that list. I'm just <laughs> I'm just I'm just like and he was in the game for defense. I'm just letting you guys know he was in the game for defense, but he was not on the list, but Emmanuel Quickly was. But I digress. But what what I what, what I will have what I want to say about that though is even with the impact that he has had in the regular season, when Dallas went small, took their big man out the game, and had Jalen Brunson run the show, everything just opened up. It was like it was like Moses in the Red Sea. Everything opened up, and I know because of these games, Jalen Brunson's stock is going up in a lot of Knicks fans' heads. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's stock has dropped in a lot of Knicks fans' heads, and both of these guys are really good players. I even me, I'm not going to lie. Jalen Brunson, he's did his thing, all right. But here's the here's the bigger thing to me: if you take Donovan Mitchell. If you take Rudy Gobert from that center spot and then move him to the bench and add a stretch five to Utah's offense, 
Then what happens with Donovan Mitchell? You know, like if you keep the big man in Dallas's offense, then what happens with with Jalen Brunson? Because Donovan Mitchell couldn't guard a, a, a stump. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because the thing is, we, we watching we watching Donovan, we were watching Jalen Brunson go damn near one on one for that entire Dallas series, and you can't do that with a big man in the paint. You're not going to do that. You're not getting away with that. So I do. I admire what Jalen Brunson did. I'm not taking any, anything away from his talent. And I actually believe if he was with, a, if he was a Nick, he would do just fine. But I do feel like coaching. I do feel like the ability to have a stretch five and to adapt and be willing to either play small or willing to have a untraditional lineup is going to help you in playoffs and help you progress in this league. And another reason why, I, when I'm looking at Tom Thibodeau, I'm going, even if we do better next season, his lack of adjustments is going to bite us in the butt eventually, especially in this modern NBA. <laughs> yeah. Um. The, the thing with Utah is that I think Coach Quinn Snyder was kind of, like, he, he was kind of suffering from the same thing Thibodeau suffers from because you have Rudy Gobert on your team. Rudy Gobert is like, a, what, two or three-time defensive player of the year. And you know that he guards the paint well. You know, he alters shots in the paint, et cetera. So you as a coach, you're reluctant to remove Gobert, even if the team you're going against has made adjustments to try to negate, to, to try to negate Gobert. So right. As a coach, you're like, this is my guy, two to three time defensive player of the year. I'm not willing to take him out because he's our defensive anchor. You know, he anchors the defense. He's in the paint. He blocks shots. He alters shots, etc. But like you said, you need a coach that's going to make adjustments because for that series, when Dallas went small, that made Gobert on effect and ineffective. And Dallas killed him with that corner three just because of that. All game long. Corner three all day for Dallas, and they killed him there. All game long. <laughs> and the coach didn't make no adjustments, didn't want to take Obey out the game and put in a smaller line to try to, you know, run out to those shooters at the corners to try to negate that for Dallas. And that's how Dallas – because, I mean, honestly, look, Dallas went into that series. Luka Doncic is injured. You're automatically thinking right there, like, this is easy money right now. Easy. They, they don't have their best player. We have all of our guys. We should be dominating them. And instead, Dallas goes small. Jalen Brunson's dropping, like, near 30 a game. And, <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's man. Crazy. He got him looking like baby I, like Iverson on steroids. The way he, I was like, what in the world? Imagine, I'm, I'm imagining us with a stretch five. And RJ bullying people the way Jalen Brunson is bullying people. That's what I'm seeing. But that's what I'm seeing. We have pieces you can kind of do. Well, listen, RJ hasn't finished at that high rate yet, but he can at least get to the hole and and score and draw fouls. And also, I'm looking at the Grizzlies too. We have the Stephen Adams is in the same boat, right? Stephen Adams is a guy who's a beast, offensive rebounding machine. The Grizzlies took him out for like a, a couple of games. The Grizzlies took him out a couple of games 
to match up with um with with Cat in the Timberwolves because they had to do what they had to do. Stephen Adams had a great year. Great year. Yeah, we gotta do what you gotta do. Exactly, and that's why the Grizzlies are so great because if if you look at the Grizzlies' record, like yeah, John John Moran might be out, but if you look at the Grizzlies all season, the Grizzlies the Grizzlies still played good without John Moran, like. Not saying not saying that they don't need John Moran, but it's like without John Moran, they can still function as a team and they could still win games. I mean, damn, I mean, what game five against the Warriors? They smacked them dudes by 50 yeah. without John Moran. So that's why I think the Grizzlies are effective because their coach can make adjustments. Their coach is like, Yeah, even though this player has done great for us this season, this series, he's not serving us. So let's adjust, make adjustments, and then just Get through this series and now look they're using steve adams against the warriors and he's kill- and he's killing the warriors in the paint because warriors they got no bigs no no bigs and he's killing them in the paint so it's like you need a coach that's going to make adjustments according to the team and Thibs hasn't shown that enough this past season like Thibs started to Thibs started to do that more towards the end of the season when it was too late but if he was doing that throughout the season the knicks would have been in a much better spot because look the knicks can play big the Knicks can't play small. The Knicks have the personnel for both. Yeah. And Thibs and Thibs needed to do more of, you know what? This team, we need to go small more. So let's match up with them. You know, let's go small and match up with them more. Okay, this team is big. So let's, you know, play our big lineup. And Thibs didn't do that enough throughout the season. Yeah, and and right now we don't have a traditional stretch five. I and mean, maybe we'll be able to get Pumo Bamba. Who knows what's going to happen? But at the very least, with the successful, we'll be topping towards the end of the season. If he's getting... Pr- if he's getting more minutes, um, it's more viable to play Julius Randle and Obi together in in instance when the matchup calls for it. And I'm I'm hoping what the coach has seen is going to push us more in that direction. And I might I might be even hoping for more that we move on from Julius Randle as a direction altogether. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> And I see you guys in the chat, 28-5 without Ja. Yeah, shout out to Tyus. Tyus Jones, he's on the radar too. We're going to talk about Tyus Jones and everybody else. But um, listen, today, I, and I see a couple of people. I see a KOT fam in here. This is all KOT fam. But um, that's waiting to, to get in the chat. Now, today, guys, this is a special day. There's going. There are no phone calls. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, KOT fam. They left. They left. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was like, we waited too long. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. All right. So today is a special show, right? Today is our Knicks fan roundtable show. If you are a Knicks, uh, so if you want to join this conversation, all you got to do is click this link. That's in the, I put the link in the chat right there. I think I'm going to pin this. Let me pin this bad boy. If you click the link in that chat, and you want to join this conversation on video, all you got to do is click that link and join us and give us your takes, and we'll go into a back-and-forth discourse. Uh, as as now, I have it set up. You can do uh, four people at, four extra people at a time if you want to. So shout-out to Knicks Nation and everybody else who's watching the show. It's the first time we're trying this. We're going to try it out, see how it works, and continue. I saw Ken was in here earlier. I saw Fritz was in here earlier. Y'all can join if you want. Anybody else? You also can also join if you want. Uh, I know some of your favorites who like to call in Jason and those guys. You can call them if you want as well. Uh, but shout out to you guys. All right. And also, 
Super Chats. Gunshot shout out Jason M sends the five super trash says watching the mass plays Keebler at the five beat the Suns. You can't tell me OB and Randall couldn't play together last season. Tibbs is too damn stubborn. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And when I was watching those games, that's exactly I was like, man. And I was also respect to Jason Kidd because Jason Kidd is putting battery in people's backs. He got Frank out here shining. <laughs> Jason Kidd has called more de- more devastation to Nick's Twitter in like two days than than KD has in like a year. All right, because if you've been on Nick's Twitter, you've seen the bloodbath that's going on with the Frank Hive versus everybody else. All right, <laughs> and those of you guys know, I've been part of the Frank Hive card carry member of Frank Hive for years. Um. I'm 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 rooting for the guy, whether he's here or not. I'm rooting for the guy, and I I, I liked what he's done so far. I liked what he's done. He, to me, he, like he hasn't been a starting caliber point guard, but you know he's he's doing what he's meant to do. See, he's doing what he's meant to do, and and uh, Jason, please mute your YouTube when you come in so it doesn't be an echo. I'm just letting you know right now. Um, but he's doing what he's supposed to do, and that's. Shutting mugs down, all right, because <laughs> CP CP3 has been in jail, all right, with Devin Booker. Yo, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have my company background from when I'm working, and <laughs> that's that's fine. Wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. We're gonna get you in here. <laughs> First time, first time. All right, here we go. Damn, it's dark as hell back on my screen. It's dark as hell. Hello, right. you can see me? I do see you. Hold on. It looks dark, right? You look a little bit dark. Yeah. Yeah. Let me fix this lighting. One second. Oh, my man's got lighting. He's like, listen. Here we go. Interesting, interesting. This is the first time trying to do this live, so this is gonna be very interesting. I don't know why it's coming in backwards, but it's coming in backwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's coming in backwards? Uh his video is like very uh let's see. I mean it is what it is right now. It's gonna be weird, but we'll be able to see him. It's just it's just on some weird mirror stuff. But anyway, right. so Jason, yo, shout first of all, shout out to Jason, man. I never seen his I never seen him. He's been calling in for mad long. This is probably one of the coolest things about this episode. We can actually actually see the people we usually talk to for the most part. Yeah. Um what you call it? All right, I had, it's funny, I had called in and I was like, there's no phone lines. And then Fritz is like, there's no calls today. So I was like, oh, okay. Um yeah, so my super chat, what I just said was, is that's like my main, the main thing I've been thinking about watching this playoffs. It's like, on one hand, I'm like, the Knicks, why? We don't play the way any of these teams are playing in the playoffs. Yeah, we don't. But like, yeah, yeah, it's just Tibbs, and, you know, we don't have the players. And I'm like, thinking in my head, but we got two fours that are versatile. And don't tell me we don't have a stretch five. Kleber's not a stretch five. He's a four. They moved him to five because that's what teams do. Yeah. But yeah, and it, it just drives me crazy. Like thinking about that, I really think that was one of the biggest mistakes of this whole year because that created the dynamic where it was Obi versus Randall. Yeah, so fans chant 
Obi Obi, it means F you to Randall. That wouldn't have happened if they could have played together. Ah, uh, it might have still happened, but <laughs> yeah, it might have still happened. But it, just, it, but it means that Randall didn't have to feel bad every time the fans chanted for Obi. Right. If, if he didn't, yeah. that meant that the fans didn't want him to play. That's all I'm saying. Now, I, I I do I do get you on 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 that regard. I I do get you, but like I agree with you wholeheartedly. There hasn't been enough adjustments, and that and the, the thing that's been impressive for me, and and the, and I've said this. Uh, I'm not sure if I saw this online or if I just said it on Twitter because sometimes I can get confused with where I say stuff. But um, I feel like Tom Thibodeau has done a really good job of preparing his kids to play. When we talk about development, right? Carter development is teaching. And I, th I think I did say this online. Thibodeau is a very good teacher. And I think that's his strength. He, his strength is he can teach the fundamentals till he's blue in the face. And, and that's why our kids, when, you, when, you, when people talk about development and have the kids developed, some people will say yes. Because if you look at the full scope of this team, where we are right now, IQ, OB, and those guys have gotten better from year to year. But what Tom has failed us is the trust part. And, th and this is why I'm, I'm watching Jason Kidd and I'm admiring what he's doing. Because when you listen to Jason Kidd in his interviews, he's pumping them up. Like, there's, there, I, you remember when Fizdale was here a couple of years ago? And he would just say these outrageous things. <laughs> like, he was like, I forgot. What was he calling? Yo. He, he said that what's his name was going to be our Draymond Green. He's right. Like, yeah, Lance, his name, the power four. Lance Thomas. Well, yeah, Lance <laughs> Thomas was. He was going. No, Lance. it wasn't. Lance. It was um. What's the who was our power forward that year? He's not an NBA. What was it? Vonley. No yeah, Vonley. No, I think it was No yeah. Vonley. I think maybe it was Lance Thomas. He's like. I think it was Lance Thomas. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was Lance. It Thomas. was Lance. Like, Thomas. Yeah, he could be our Draymond Green. Yeah, and I'm sitting here like squinting, like Draymond is that you? <laughs> nah, <laughs> and this is the thing. This and this and this is the missing element from Tibbs. He does a really good job preparing his kids, but he after that you got to pump them up. You got to like, listen, you were the best shooter in the world. Stephen Curry, Mark Jackson called Steph Curry the best shooter in the world before he was actually the best shooter in the world. He just saw the potential. But that's not Tibbs. That's not Tibbs. Tibbs is even when he says they're doing good. In his mind, they have a place. Their place is behind the vets. So it's like he's need everybody. Everybody's playing good. We need everybody. They're doing great. They're doing great. I love the kids. Right. In his mind, their their place is always behind the behind the vets. In his mind, if it don't matter who the Knicks draft, that player is not coming in to replace any of the players that are on this roster now. Like that that player is like two years away in his mind from actually being a good NBA player. That's what I think, at least. I don't know. No, yeah, 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 absolutely right, and I'm hoping that changes next season. And uh, Mark Berman stated that he feels like he he's going, he feels remorseful, but we'll we'll see. I'll believe it when <laughs> I see it. You know, I don't, I don't. All this media, these puff pieces that everybody's writing about Tibbs now, I'll believe you when I see it. Put your money where your mouth is. Put the minutes where your mouth is. That's really what it comes down to. And, and it's funny, yeah. Kyle. I think you're referring to the Fred Katz piece, and Fred Katz, um. It's funny because I was watching a pod. I think it was the South Knicks Field School. I was watching that pod when Fred Katz was on it. And he was actually saying when he wrote the piece, he just wrote it reporting on what was happening. He didn't expect the big reaction that it got. He was replying. You know who he was? He was responding. And I don't want to toot my horn, but I, I put a tweet right away. 
criticizing the article and then he replied right away saying I didn't read the article and all this other stuff. So I think and that that he was saying what you said that he wrote a piece. I think he was responding and it wasn't just me, it was other people too. But we were all like, yeah, really? I said the timing of this. I go, let me find out. I bet you the next guys, their their press person was like, hey, why don't we call Fred Katz and tell them tell them about what all these things the youth have been doing, try and get the fans off. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Fred is an interesting guy because he's like a basketball guy. Not, he's not even a Knicks guy. So he's an interesting guy on his own. But that that's neither here or there. Um, I still We still need to make adjustments. But let me move the conversation forward. And before I move the conversation forward, I will also, I'm going to like this. I'll say this as well. For you guys who want to join the conversation, this is the open forum day, which means if you guys want to chat with us, you can click that Zoom link and we'll bring you in and you we can talk Knicks talk with us and i'm glad that jason's here today because jason i was on twitter and he was just like yo this jalen brunson thing when did i say that when did i say that to you that was like i think three Before, weeks ago that was after game one i believe yeah terrible in game one yeah the, the jalen brunson argument's done i already won it i don't even have to have a debate anymore <laughs> is, is he going to be are the mavericks actually gonna allow him to go and i don't think they are so i don't i think it's dead I think the fact that people are like, what fans don't seem to understand is, and this comes down with any trade or anything, they think that they don't understand value and how it works. They're like, I need to see Jalen Brunson play great in the playoffs before we sign him. And I'm in my head, I'm like, no, you don't want him to play great in the playoffs before he signs him because he's not going to be, we're not going to be able to sign him if he plays great. Here, here's my, uh, here, here's my counter argument, right? Here's what I'll say. Jalen Brunson, you got to give that man all the props in the world because he's gotten, he's always been a steady player, right? If I'm looking at his stats, he's averaged what, nine points a game in his first season, eight in the second season. This season, he's averaged 16 points a game uh, with, with uh, 31 minutes a night, right? And I'm like, cool. I'm, a, I'm always a percentage, I'm a percentage guy, right? So I'm like, cool, 16% a game, cool. Everyone is in. All right, cool. What is percentages? You look at his percentages. Thirty-seven percent from three, and uh, fifty percent from the field. Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. So, and when he during that Utah series, he averaged twenty-seven points a game <laughs> in the Utah series, and no one expected it. But and this is and this is this is what I have to say about that. And if Jalen Brunson comes to the Knicks, it won't. I it wouldn't be a bad move, right? I'm. It would, it would not be a bad move, depending on what we give up, or if we have to give everything up, because he is a free agent. So because he's a free agent, he can walk. He doesn't necessarily have to be signed in trade. And we can cut players. We can cut salary to sign him. Well, really not cut. You mean we can trade? Like you can't cut. I mean, you have to wait unless you stretch them, I and you don't want to stretch players. But we three years. We, I mean, we have players here who are easily movable, who have a year left on their deal with player options, and I feel like we will be able to clear. We'll be able to clear cap. No, we, this is what it is. We will be able to move them. And all, all, all the things, when you think about how much it's going to cost to get Brunson, is how much would it cost to move Derrick Rose and Nerlens Noel? 
And whatever that cost is, that's all we have to give the Mavs. Because if if we could tell the Mavs, we're gonna we're gonna clear cap space and sign Brunson, or we could do a sign and trade, whichever one you want to do. But I'm talking about um... to get rid of those two guys. Oh, sorry, my. It's all good. It's all good. I understand. I understand, <laughs> man. I understand. Yo, shout out to all the fathers out here. <laughs> I get yeah, it. Sorry. So, yeah, so that's my point. Like, I don't know what it's going to cost to do that, but, like, Derrick Rose is a good player. I don't, A lot of people, I, I say Derrick Rose because he's making $14 million. He's making almost the most. Nerds are, well, okay, attach two seconds. We got seconds. That's what we got all those seconds for. Attach two seconds, send them to OKC. There you go. Right, right, but we also have Alec Burks, who he has a he's a full season and he's a team option on that. Um, yeah, so yeah, we could do any of those. I just pick Rose because he makes the most, so therefore he would clear the most. Right, but it's one of those things: is will Tom have a, a aneurysm if you end up trading Derrick Rose? Is the question. <laughs> I, I don't, here's my thing: I don't care about Thibodeau. Like when it comes down to team planning, Tibbs is, to me in my mind, Tibbs is only going to be there for one more year anyway. So why should I care about what he does anyway? Now, I, I think he's only going to be uh, here for one year either, but I also think that we're underestimating. We're underestimating. I feel like we're underestimating. I feel like we under, underestimate the the relationship between Tibbs and Leon, Leon Rose. Rose. Yeah, and and I know you know when you come to team building, there's people who have different views on how to build teams. Uh, so I, I do feel like it's a give and take, but I'm not sure if he's willing to give. But I do feel like. We're at a crossroads where the youth is getting better. So I, we do have a lot of decisions to make. And and to my other point, Jalen Brunson, if he goes to the Knicks, would be a, a solid pickup, right? He He's a guy. He's a steady pace. I've seen him being compared to, to uh, uh, Kyle, Kyle Lowry because of his sturdiness. But he, but he can't. He doesn't shoot threes at a high clip like those guys. So I don't see him as a Kyle Lowry. He's more of a bully ball point guard to me, anyway. Anything. But he's a sturdy guy, and he broke out. He's starting to break out in his third season. My only question is, and this is Tom Thibodeau's fault, I can see Emmanuel quickly breaking out next season. I can see Emmanuel quickly breaking out next season, and then his value. Being higher than Jalen Brunson is that a guarantee? No. Yeah, but that's a good thing to have. That's a good problem to have when you have two players who have good value. That's one thing I'm trying to get through a lot of Knicks fans' heads. They see everything as like one or the other. Like you want to have more good players on your team. Yes. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I hate and I, it drives me crazy, and I think I, this is how I think our whole argument started. I'm tired of people saying, "Well, Emmanuel quickly's there, and he's only getting paid four million dollars. So why would we pay Jalen Brunson twenty million dollars?" Emmanuel quickly next summer is going to be up for an extension. Yeah. And, and so how much do you think he's going to get paid? He's not going to be a 4 million player for the rest of his career. No, he's not going to be 4 million, but he's not going like, to be 27. And my question is, and this is, I'm not arguing with you because I, yeah, I don't yeah. quickly a lot. A lot of people think I don't like quickly because I've been making this argument. Do you, do we know quickly is going to be better than Brunson? We don't, we don't know. We don't know if he's going to be better than Brunson, but we also don't, but we also don't know. Like, here's the thing. You don't really know, but you have glimpses. Jail- yeah. Now, like, if, no, if, if, if here's the thing. If, if you we like- don't know, and I agree, we don't know. If we keep quickly and don't get Brunson because of quickly, and then quickly is not as good, but we still have to pay him 18, 20 million when he's in two years. 
we're all going to be looking like, why do we do this? And that's the point that I'm just trying to make to people. It's not, I'm not saying that quickly is not good. I'm just saying this idea that quickly is free and cheap and Brunson costs money, like that soon Brunt quickly is going to cost money too. And I don't want every fan to, that's been praising him to turn on him once he's making $20 million and he don't live up to how hyped everybody made him. My, my, you got something to say, Ryan? I feel like you, you want to say something the way your face is. All right. Well, there's always going to be a dilemma because you have good young guards on the Knicks right now. You know, quickly is a good young guard. And if you bring in, a, and if you bring in somebody like a Jalen Brunson or whatever the case may be, he's going to take up, he's going to, he's going to have a big contract. And then, he, and then you don't, you don't know if you're going to have enough space to sign, you know, resign quickly if you decide to keep more or whatever the case may be. My thing is this, like, I feel like any move the Knicks make, if the Knicks do decide, okay, we want to sign Brunson or whatever the case may be, it has to be, a, it has to be through a sign and trade. They cannot just bring this guy in through free agency and be like, all right, we're going to bring him in on 20 mil and just add him to what the Knicks have right now. Because you have to think about the future as well. You want to sign this player. You want to sign that player. And at the same time, you have to you you have to create space for the other players on the team that you want to develop as well. So if you're going to bring in a Brunson on 20 mil, you're going to have to bring out like you're going to have to take out the same amount of salary for that player as well. And you have to make sure it's more than one player because you because you're going to have to try to like you know loosen the logjam a bit because you don't want a situation where it's like. You have Brunson, you have Rose, you have Quickly, et cetera. And then it's like all of a sudden you're stunting one of your young kids' growth just because you bring in Brunson and you decide to keep Rose and keep the roster as it is. So I, I, it, I, it's, it's, it's a tough situation, I think, for the Knicks front office that they're going to have to make where, you know, if they, I think if they're going to bring in, like, another point guard, other moves have to be made I, I, so that, you know, you can you kind of loosen the logjam and, and have the young players – so you, you have space to develop young players and not just, you know, veterans playing, you know, the full, you know, 10-man rotation. I think that's I think that's more my worry. Cause I, 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 feel, I feel what Jason's saying. I, say, I feel what Ryan is saying. The thing is, all right, to so get him in here, right? Alec Burks will have, probably have to go or Derrick Rose or is somebody, some another point guard or point guard-ish role is going to be out the door if Jalen Brunson gets here. Th- that's the way I see it in my mind. Because... Uh, to want to match salaries, and you know they're gonna want something back as well. Maybe it might be Mitch and something else, but, but I, I feel like that. I feel like if a point guard is going to Dallas or somewhere else, there, there, somebody else has to go. That's one. But two, my worry is this: Tom Thibodeau. If we get Jalen Brunson, he's going to play Jalen Brunson's thirty minutes a game. Yeah, Jalen Brunson. <laughs> Brunson play at least thirty-five points. That, that's my at biggest least. worry. You know, I have a question for you guys. That's my right? biggest one. You guys do any any suggestions, right? This is this is a, a thing against Tibbs. How often are you saying in your mind, but Tibbs? When you're thinking of what the Knicks should do, oh, we should do this, 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 but Tibbs. Yes. Oh, we should do this, but Tibbs. I, I'm, I, I, I can't. This is what I try to explain to people when they say we're too harsh on Tibbs. Tell me a path forward that makes sense with Tibbs. That's all I'll tell those people. Okay, a path. That, yeah. Okay. But at the... I'm sorry to cut you off, Jay, but at the same time, we have to be realistic about the situation. Who's our coach? Thibs. So it's like if you want to, so if, so for example, like if you want to do certain things, you have to keep in mind who your coach is. 
I'm just mad about Tibbs. I'm just mad about Tibbs. You guys are saying about Tibbs. I'm just mad about You guys know how I feel. Yeah. That's, I'm just, that's I'm just venting, right? We haven't had a show in how long. I haven't been able to like, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> facts, facts. And, and I'm going to tell you, if you guys want to join the chat, man, there's no calls today. Um, Just click the link. Uh, this is pinned to the top, and I just put it in the chat. If you guys, this is an open fan forum. If you wanted to talk, we'll bring you in. We can do six people total at a time. Um, so come in and, and help us with this next talk if you want to get in here. All right, but um, I had something to say and I lost. I, I lost the thought. I'm trying to get it back. Um, You're talking about the point guards and, and Tibbs playing Brunson a lot of minutes. Right, right. Because okay, the other part of this is this asset management and asset. Uh, if I'm looking at the stock market right now, all that all the stocks are plummeting. <laughs> and to me, when I'm looking when I'm looking at the stocking quickly and the stocking OB and the stocking Cam Reddish, I see that as plummeting stock in my mind. And when you have other players in front of them who are getting more minutes, I feel like we're depreciating assets. That's the way I that's the way I view it. So for me. Yeah. I feel like the best move, the most moves to do is to clear runway for the youth as much as possible to, to, uh, to appreciate, to I say force appreciation. To but let Jay, you really think wait, they're going to do wait, that? You think that though. with Tibbs, they're really going to just move out all the vets and only keep the young players? Like that's what's going to happen? I don't think it's going to be, I, I feel like, I don't know if that's going to happen. Specifically with Julius Randle because he's the one of the biggest guys who has to be moved. But I, I do feel like Burke's numbers. I feel like Alec Burks might be gone by the end of the season for sure. Yo, um, JLS, you gotta explain something to me though because you said that quickly and Ob stock is plummeting. I see it as the opposite. This no, stock I, I is, this stock is rising. No, Ryan, Ryan, you know why? Because us to us Knicks fans, their stock is rising. To other people, they only got a lot of playing time in the last 10 minutes of the last 10 games of the season when people were playing garbage time. Like that does to GMs, they're not gonna be like, yo, quickly got a trip or Obi got 30 points. Exactly. They're not gonna be like, yo, he's gonna right. he could be my starting four. Exactly. This if right, Tim's wanna play them when you. we told them to play them, but you know, what do the fans know? They, then they, made a difference. There's an asterisk. Oh, there's I, gonna I, be yeah. an asterisk during those games. There's an asterisk. If you listen to people talk, there's an asterisk because it's the end of the season, and mm -hmm. can they do it in this when when it, when there's real pressure and real things on the line of the game? That's the narrative that's going around. Like yeah, no yeah, one yeah. really knows. Nobody. I wasn't, really I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about it from that perspective because I was thinking of I, I was thinking of it as me watching them play toward the end of the season and seeing how their game grew. But then at the same time, you know, you have to think about all the excuses people put in as well. You know. Oh, they were playing teams that weren't playing all their starters. You know, they were playing a bunch of bench guys and this and that and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, you're right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing people can say. And, and look, I, I know this is like an anti-Tibbs for me, but it's true. Here's what, and if I was an agent, and this is why I, Brock Oliver has must hate Tibbs because when he calls and calls them, he says, hey, uh, let's say the Knicks were going to trade for, I don't know, a star. And they're like, well, I have Obi and Emmanuel quickly. A lot of people on Knicks Twitter think that, oh, I wouldn't trade Emmanuel quickly and Obi for a star. Like, I'm like, you idiot. No team would actually want those guys for a star. They're going to be like, hmm, Obi's so great. Why didn't he only play 15, 14 minutes a game? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, quickly so good. Why did why did Alec Burke start at point guard instead of Emmanuel quickly? Yeah. Exactly. Hurt when, when like, that, that affects their value. Exactly. Which is, which is, which is, which is why every time I think of a trade and I, and I think, oh, maybe we should move this person. I think about that. I think about 
the value of our young guys and it's not a foregone conclusion that everybody's going to be this amazing player but yeah. if you if you're a gm and you and you and you feel like you know what this is the most talented group of young guys we have we've ever had i want to roll the dice on these one or two year players to see if we can raise these guys value to make a big either make a bigger move or go you know what screw the bigger move this is our guy like we gotta we have to find that out exactly. like, like remember what zach Lowe said before the trade deadline he said teams were like trying to they were looking at quickly right it wasn't because quickly was great was playing great it was because they wanted to fleece us they were like yo the knicks are bad maybe we could plug quickly for like not much because you know the knicks are stupid yeah and i wanted to throw in this as well because um Right, what was I going to say again? I just lost my train of thought. But, um, yeah, regarding the, um, the young players. So, all right, so we all know that this stock, you know, is plummeting, you know, whatever the case may be, because they're not playing, you know, the young players, how they kind of should and this and that. But I think, okay, now I got it. Okay, so now the Knicks, right? What, what what kills me what kills me with a lot of Knicks fans is, is that you know they say you trade for this they trade for that player so they're like yeah let's trade for Donovan Mitchell and this and that but they're like okay let's just give up IQ OB and draft picks I'm like come on That's now y'all gotta y'all, y'all gotta y'all gotta gotta think about this for a second because it's like look if you want a Donovan Mitchell they're gonna look at IQ and OB they're gonna be like That's nice but what what about RJ? What about Mitch and those guys? They're going to want those guys first, first and foremost, before you even get to OB and IQ. And that's what kills me about a lot of Knicks fans. Like, yeah, I'll say trade for this guy and trade for that guy. But if if we're realistically going to trade for those players, they're going to gut all of our young players, including our young stars that we already have on the team right now. So it's like, right. we can't just be like, trade for Donovan Mitchell. Let's trade for this guy. Let's trade for that guy. Because if we do that, our, our good young core is Gone. Let's stay here. Let's stay here. Let's stay here. I'm glad you said that. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Let's stay here. Donovan Mitchell. You're hearing all the noise in the streets about Donovan Mitchell. It's been reported all year that if they lose in the first round of playoffs, Donovan Mitchell is going to one out. Donovan Mitchell is going to one out. Guess what, guys? They lost. First round of the playoffs. He gets on the stands after the playoffs ends. He looks into the camera and they say, what do you want to do? I don't know. I need time to think about it. Dun, dun, dun. The music plays. Everybody's been, oh, it's starting. And so <laughs> here's the thing. Would you at this point trade for Donovan Mitchell after this conversation? And, and, and let's, and let me just, let me be clear. I don't really think Utah We'll even trade for Donovan Mitchell. Trade Donovan Mitchell right now. I think everybody, everybody in Mama knows they're gonna trade Rudy Gobert before they trade Donovan Mitchell. Like everybody knows that. And because Donovan Mitchell's contract is so large, like it's a four-year, how many years? Like three, four years left. For him to for him to get for him to leave, he has to pull an Anthony Davis. He has to come up, he has to come to practice with the, you know. That's all, folks. T-shirt, <laughs> <laughs> or he has to pull up James Harden. Eat only cheeseburgers and French fries, and come. That's the only way he's out for real. But would you trade for Donovan Mitchell? And 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 I would say no. And it's for the the 
the reasons we talked about. And go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with you, Jason. Since since you the, I would topic. say, um, yeah, it's funny. I waver on this a lot. I'm gonna. I would say no right now, but that has nothing to do with Donovan Mitchell. It has nothing to do with even the Knicks. Do you see how good the East is right now? Like we can't make a, a, a whole a all in move and think we're gonna beat the Bucks. Oh no, the Sixers beat the Nets beat like the Heat. Like I'm I'm almost starting to look at it where it's like I don't know what we should do. Obviously we should do. So I think we should make little moves to make the roster better. Hence I said the Jalen Brunson thing, which in reality I really don't even want Jalen Brunson. I really want Colin Sexton, but that's a whole other story. So I think I don't think that's why I'm scared to make a big move. I think it's almost like what's the like the East is so good right now. We could do all this big move, trade our first round, all our picks, and we might not even make it. The Nets just lost in the first round, and I know the Nets got a lot of issues, but they're still a good team. Yeah, like <laughs> right to the Celtics, who they're up by four right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we could do all that and still lose in the first round. Yeah, yeah, and and this is the thing. Like I'm with you. Like I wouldn't trade for Donovan Mitchell right now, and it's just for the simple fact that. Yeah, you look at the East. The East is great. If, if Donovan Mitchell was to come to the Knicks, you have to think about the pieces that the Knicks would lose in that trade and what Donovan Mitchell would be coming to when he comes to the Knicks. If Donovan Mitchell is not making noise with that Utah team he has right now, Listen. you think he's going to make noise when he comes to the Knicks with nope. the piece that's going the other way? Nope. Knicks, Knicks are not going to be much better. So it's like, why are you going to make a trade that's almost, that's going to maybe give the Knicks like maybe what, five extra wins? And get knocked out in the first round, maybe. And it don't make sense. And it'll be more than five extra wins. Come on, put some respect on Donovan. I mean, who are we? My my thing okay, is. Okay, I'll, I'll give I'll give I'll give the Knicks eight plus wins. My thing is, who are we trading? Because we already talked about the value of the young guys and the vibe. And our Knicks, you know, historically, Knicks fans value our young players higher than anybody else in the league. Historically, right? Um, but the value quickly in Obi. And Cam and those guys are higher in our head than they are in real life. Unfortunately. And I feel like it's too early to trade those guys right now. From what I was saying, uh, their value isn't high enough to me yet to make any moves to where you don't have to gut the team to make a move. You can go, oh, he's a really solid piece. It's, oh, it's we can weird, though, because even though their value is low, like we said, they don't they haven't played a lot. They're still on rookie contracts. So, right. like, here from now, teams are going to be like, oh, if we trade for OB or IQ next year, we have to pay them a year from now. So, there, I mean, it's it's weird. It's hard to explain, but there's no easy answers. That's what that what it comes down to is there's no easy answers. There's no, no we, easy answers. Yeah, none of us could just say, do this and you'll be great. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, that's why I'm, I'm with you. That's why I'm with the that's start. That's why I'm not really that excited for this offseason. Me? Wait to see what the Knicks do. I'm like... I'm scared, man. I'm I am scared like crazy. This, 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 I feel like I'm watching, I'm playing a video game and I'm playing Mario and there's nothing but like little toads and plants coming out of pipes everywhere. And I have to jump and there's like no way to land. That's that's hey, what I'm watching. <laughs> I'm going to scare you guys right now. You watched the uh, Lockdown Knicks show. They did a thing with uh, Knicks Film School mm -hmm. and he a great point. He said, how much you think RJ is going to get paid? We say, let's say RJ gets paid 30 million per year, right? How much do you think IQ is going to get paid in his next contract? I haven't thought about Ooh. it yet. He's been yeah. the like, let's season, say second round, second round. 17 mil, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just say that. Then Obi, let's say he gets paid a similar number, maybe 15 mil, 16 mil, right? 
you could have a potential where in the summer of 2023, RJ, IQ, and Obi, just those three are making $70 million or close to $70 million. That's almost half the salary cap. And the, and, and, yeah, and and this is, it's funny because this is what I was trying to type to you on Twitter. And I was typing so much. I was like, ah, I gotta wait till this do a show because it's too much to type. Because <laughs> when I was talking about the money, because when we said, oh, I'm, I was worried about the money of Brunson, I wasn't just worried about the money of Brunson by himself. Because if you take out Brunson, because realistically, right? Because your, your idea was take t- bring Brunson in and take Derrick Rose out. That was the original conversation, right? Yeah, and also my other idea is that if Brunson and IQ are both good, you could trade one of them in the future. Like, my idea is not, like, to put these guys together as, like, these are the ideal foundation of a championship team. Right. It's of a, just building, making the team better, and and eventually one of them could be traded for something better. Yeah, I I think my, I think for me, I would feel better giving IQ a runway to make mistakes for a year before I bring somebody in to block his path, a la Emmanuel Moutier, a la <laughs> Dennis no, Jr. Moutier. Here we go. So la... You guys like to pull the butt tibs on me? I'm gonna pull the butt tibs on you guys. You think Tibbs is going to start him and play him before to be a starting point guard? Let the Knicks don't make any point guard moves. You think Tibbs would have to start IQ at point guard for the season? If if he, if they trade Alec Burks, if they trade Alec Burks, if they trade Alec Burks, who are they get when they trade Alec Burks? That's the other I don't thing. know. If they trade, uh, let's, let's say, let's say we trade I know Alec Ryan Burks. Agrees with me. That's why I see that look on his face. <laughs> That's why I'm saying you got to take away all of his crutches. If you trade Alec Burks for like I don't know. For like an actual wing or, or like a center, Alec Burkson, somebody else for a center, because you who knows Mitch is gonna be here. Then it's going to be between IQ and Derrick Rose and McBride. And at that point, who you think is winning that battle with Thibs though? That's li- the thing. Listen, but listen. Who you but think listen, is winning that battle with Thibs though? But listen, <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish. Even with even when Derrick Rose was here. He was playing Derrick Rose, I feel like, around 20 minutes, even when he was healthy. I feel so. And on top of that, we already know Derrick Rose is not going to be um, full season. I don't see Derrick Rose being healthy full season. Like, I see, unless you keep him around 20 minutes a game, I don't see him being healthy full season. So I, I feel like by default, he's going to he's going to have to play IQ at point guard. As yeah, a starter, at some point, is yeah, my at point. some point, but it's at some point, but that still Rose's job, though. <laughs> if if the if the Knicks point guard situation remains the same, that's still Rose's job as a starting point guard. But I agree, though, he might not play Rose. Even I don't know a Stibbs. I mean, Stibbs Stibbs <laughs> might still play Rose twenty plus minutes a game. It's but, still it's still, but, it's still a better sh- it's still a way better shot than Alec Burks. Yeah, because because um. Even as we stand today, um, IQ plays better defense than Derrick Rose does. Um, and yeah, he plays better defense than Kemba Walker did too. And that's ab- from playing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I honestly, I feel like if even if you're looking at IQ's numbers, like he shot, uh, he was in the 61st percentile shooting at the rim this season, and before the year before that, he was in the 37th percentile, 31st percentile, and that's all because he changed his shot diet. Like he he figured out how to exploit mismatches and get to the rim, and actually finish this year, and he found a formula that worked towards the end of the season, 
So I feel like if he's able to do that from the start of the season, now he's figured that out. I feel like his percentages are going to go up tremendously this year. Um, just because he's taking more of those type of twos and less floaters. And uh, and, the, and the shot is going to come back. And I feel like, he, I really feel like, I think I would bet money that he can put something together this year. I, I, I'm thinking, I'm, I, I just, I think I feel confident about it. That if he, IQ gets runway this year, he's going to take a step. Listen, that, I, I, I'm not against it. Like, if the Knicks stand pat and don't do nothing, like, again, my issue is I would need assurances from Tibbs who's going to start. Like, I can't, I can't do this going into the season and then some random guy we sign up, some wing we sign becomes a starting point guard because Tibbs doesn't want to play IQ. Like, right, right, right. It, and hold on, salute to the chat. The lights are looking mad light. Mad light. I'm, I'm sorry. The lights are light right now. We got 58 in the chat, 28 likes. Can we, can we get these likes up to like 40 at least? We out here <laughs> talking next basketball. And as let us know, show us some love. It costs nothing to show us some love. But also shout out to to Parrish Duggar who sends a five out super chat. Shout out to you. Uh, he says Randall has to play twenty minutes at the small ball five with Obi, Cam, RJ, and quickly. Tibbs can't hold us hostage. Also, we need a Sochan or Atari Eason. Yeah, we definitely need to. Um, yeah, we we were talking about that a little earlier. I was gonna say, if y'all want to talk NBA draft, I, I'm I'm a big draft guy. So you a big draft guy? Well, I'm thinking I'm thinking we should do a show Tuesday. I'm thinking probably do a show. I'm I'm preparing an actual show with an actual draft guy. Yeah. But I'm I'm contemplating on um. Yeah, I'm not an expert or nothing. I just I, I know I know you I know, yeah. you know you know I know you're not an expert. I know you're not yeah, expert. I mean I mean as for who the Knicks should draft, I'm gonna wait until I see what the Knicks are position in the draft before I eleven. Consider. What do you mean? Well, well, you really think we're gonna move up? Come on now. <laughs> we we had the Knicks have I, I, I only. Don't, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe twelve. Maybe this, twelve. This, Maybe we fall back one. I feel it this year. I feel it. All right. We have not. Moved up in the draft ever. We've only gone, we've only drafted our position or later every year we've been in the draft. As bad as we sucked for all these years, we have never gotten lucky. I feel like it's our time. All right. I feel like we're due for one. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just a simple fact the way the Knicks finished the season, I'm like, yo, the basketball gods got to bless us, man. Like the Knicks. Bas- everybody hard. keeps saying that, but like, Knicks I don't know, hard. man. They finished the season. How we wasn't taking nothing. Like, yo, the basketball guys need to bless us. Top four pick. I'm calling it. I don't know. The, the, Ra- the Raptors last year, they didn't finish the season playing great at all. And they, they moved up. I mean, yeah. I'm, yeah. 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 Absolutely yeah. right. Uh, all, hey, the Pelicans got Zion and Memphis Grizzlies got John Moran. And they weren't nowhere near the bottom. So. <laughs> <laughs> now the, the Lakers is the team to look at. They moved up from 11 to four. Do they have a pick? No, no. They moved. That's when they got AD. They moved up from 11 to 4. Right, right, right. And they yeah. traded that pick to the man, to the Pelicans, who all has their pick this year. So yeah. the Pelicans, the rich get richer, man. Lord. Lord, Lord. But, yeah. Pel- Pelicans are already going to be nasty when Zion come back next season. Absolutely. Yo, and salute to the chat. Um, If you want to join us to talk some Knicks basketball, you can. I'm putting the Zoom link. In there, there's no phone calls today, but all you got to do is click that link in the chat if you want to go live on video and talk next with us. Uh, I want to ask you guys some questions about the point cards available right now because this is called playoffs and point guards. And I already gave 
gave my thoughts on the playoffs and how it relates to the Knicks early in the season. Um, it's funny. I've seen certain trade stuff going around, and I want to bring it to you guys' attention. Um, actually, Ryan, you know the you know you know this oh, trade yeah. better than I do, so I'm gonna let Ryan yeah. take it away. Okay, so recently on ESPN, they had a proposed trade between the Bulls, Lakers, and the Knicks. That said, the Lakers get Zach Levine. The Knicks get Russell Westbrook, 2027 first-round pick, 2028 first-round pick, and the Bulls get Julius Randle and Evan Fournier. Ah, funny about that trade. The, the the Bulls don't need to be involved in that trade for it to happen. Why why do the Bulls? I mean, why do the Lakers have to get Zach Levine? Like, if 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 the if the Lakers want what's if they really wanted to like get rid of Russell Westbrook. They could just trade for Randall and Fournier and give those two picks up and, and do it. I'm not saying I would do it, but I I just thought that trade made no sense why they were even putting the Bulls. They were just doing that. I don't know why. Yeah, me too. I, I don't know why. Trade, I, I, I wouldn't trade, like, if I'm the Bulls, I wouldn't trade Zach Levine to get Julius Randle and Evan Fournier back. Like, to me, that doesn't make sense for the Bulls. Makes no that sense. makes That's no what, sense for them It makes sense for the Lakers to trade Rand, for Randall yeah. Fournier. It makes sense for the Knicks. Well... <laughs> I mean, if you want to go down that route, it does. If, I mean, if if you think about it, it, it would make sense for it would ma- it would make sense for the Knicks from the standpoint of okay, you get more assets and you get Russell Westbrook. That's one year deal. So once this season's over, that Westbrook contract is gone, and then Knicks have a bunch of um cap space going into next year's free agency. That's the only way it makes sense for the Knicks. So it makes sense, but you have what people don't realize is that free agency is not what it used to be. Like, that, a lot of people, I've been arguing with people on Twitter about this. Everyone's like, oh, we need to do this to create cash space, create cash space. I'm like, who, who's signing? Like, who are these free agents that we're going to get once we have this cap space? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, at, at, too. at this point, it seems like the Knicks have to more trade for a star than, than outright side one free agency, especially if It seems not... like that for everyone, not just the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Like, for everyone. Right, right, right. And... Looking, knowing I don't know about the cap, it just seems like we're not even under cap enough to even outright sign a free agent. So, so we have to pretty much trade for a free free agent if anything, and look for somebody disgruntled. Which is which further the reason why I feel like we have to play the youth to to, to um up their value. But yeah, <laughs> to me, but yeah, this this if it hypothetically would make sense for even though I'm not I've never been the biggest Westbrook fan. No, not never. I wouldn't say never. I was a bigger, but it clears. It clears. Here's the thing: if you trade Julius, trading Julius Randall is is tough because you. I feel like when no matter what you do, you're gonna block somebody. You're either gonna block IQ. You're gonna if you bring in another point guard. You're gonna block OB if you bring another power forward, or you're gonna block Cam if you bring in another wing. And those are the guys you want to get. You want to give time to. So I feel like either way, we're kind of screwed. But at least this way, maybe we're partially screwed. And then we can possibly move Russ at the deadline. Because he would be expiring at the deadline. That's the only thing I could really think about. Nah, you would basically have to waive him. I think. I mean, I don't know whether he wants to be waived or not, but like, he is not. He's he's yeah, not. Wait, 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 he's not getting bought money. out. He yeah, is yeah, not buying. You are not buying out forty-seven million. Like, you don't have to do a buyout. Like a lot of people don't get that. You don't have to do a buyout where he gives money back. You could just say we'll pay you your full salary and just go. Yeah, 
You think? No, I, I, I don't think they're not gonna. Uh, the, all the rumors say the Knicks don't. The Knicks. Here's one thing that a lot of fans don't get: the Knicks don't want to take a step back. Yeah, and that that's pretty much rules out any Westbrook trade, and that's why I honestly don't think the Knicks are gonna trade Julius Randle this offseason because I don't think they're gonna get a deal that they like, and they don't want to take a step back. They don't want. They want to at least try to make the play in next year. It really depends. Yeah, it, it just really depends on. It really depends on Leon Rose because he's. I don't know what. Yeah, I really don't know what he really believes and what he doesn't. I think that's the thing because at the end of the season, season Leon Rose writes this beautiful letter to the <laughs> season ticket holders, expressing this hope for the future because we have all these young players who are promising. So it seems like he sees the value in the young players. I don't know if he sees the value in the young players or he's just in tune that we see we see value in the young players. So he knows to write that to kind of like have hope in the future. Like I don't know what he's really thinking. I think I think Leon Rose, because his whole thing is he wants to build the Knicks into a contender. That's his thing. Like, he wants the Knicks to contend for a championship. So, in my mind, I'm thinking if he wants the Knicks to contend for a championship, more than likely you're going to have to trade for that big-name player to come to the Knicks that's going to transform the Knicks and get them closer to that goal. So, how do you do that? You have to develop the youth on the team because the more you develop the youth on the team, it's going to take less to bring in that big name player. You don't have to give up as much because you have young players on the team that are proven good players. So I, I, I would think if I'm, if I'm Leon Rose, I would think that he wants the young players to get playing time because he wants them to develop and he wants them to get better and raise their value so that it makes it easier for him to get that big name player. So, but it's funny because but Ryan, if that's the case, why didn't he tell Tim to play them last year more? Yeah, yeah. I was I was just about to get to that because I'm like, if that's the goal though, there has to be some disconnect between him and Thibs because we, we said Thibs that. is gonna be yeah, be, yeah, we and we talked about that because Thibs does he he was not developing the young players. Like the young players are, were on the bench, you know, all beginning like 10, 11 minutes a game. The only one he was really playing like that was quickly or and like RJ. Because RJ is already like established as one of the better young players on the team, and Mitch. So, I think there's a disconnect there. But I would think if I'm Leon Rose, I would want my coach to play the young players so he can raise their value, so that when we trade for that big name guy, it's not going to take as much to get him. You know what I mean? No, I absolutely agree. And I do feel like Worldwide West um, did say something towards the end of the year because. The time it was, the timing of stuff was interesting. Taz Gibson was going to back of the bench. All of a sudden, we see Jericho Simmons, 58th pick of the draft, starting to get minutes. And that was after the news that some guys in the front office weren't happy with, with Tom Thibodeau. So I do feel like something happened. Because that's Wait, un that's unlike. The news has made it seem like it's Tom, like it's Brock Oller and Wesley together against Tom. Like yeah. that's at least it's, they've been saying it. It seems like they're the ones they're arguing one side, and then Tibbs arguing the other side, and Leon Rose in the middle. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you, and it's, it's playing out. So I, I this summer is going to be interesting to see how much of that pimp hand that the front office is going to layeth 
<laughs> all the time. Because I feel like they gave him a light tap towards the end of the season. But I want to see how good that follow through is towards the summer and into the season. You know what scares me is, is this whole talk that like Tibbs is going to come back, but he's going to be on a short leash. That scares me. Because if Tibbs is like thinking, I have to win X amount of games, if not, I'm going to get fired, he's only going to be more Tibbsy. It, it depends. To me, it depends on on when the pitch is the stipulations. Like I feel like they need to give. If I feel like I'm the Knicks organization and I go, hey, if you play the vets and we suck, we're going to fire you. But if you play the youth <laughs> and we suck, we'll keep you. Like we got, but we got to try it out. Like that's the angle I would go. That's the angle I would go. If you're going to try the same thing over and over again and it still doesn't work, we got to let you go. Because that's just crazy. That's that's just the way I, w- I would see it. That's just the way I would see it. But, but you know what? Let me, let me move this conversation on about some other point guards. Uh, Shy, Shy Kildish Alexander. All right. This one is an interesting one because I had somebody in the comments like a month ago say, Here's a guy who we think we should target. And I, I dismissed it at first. I was like, why would the OKC let go of Shy Kildress? And then he was just kind of, and then um, it made sense when he was like, well, Giddy is there and he's lighting up. He's a younger, cheaper point guard. And historically, when you have two talent, two talented guys playing in the same position, the first thought is not to play them both together. You can see what he's. Like with 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 Randall and Obi, the first place the first thought is not to play them both together. It's usually trade one, uh, especially if at this point in his career, Shy Kildress is you know he might be more interested in winning than tanking at this point in the season. So I'm not sure if how possible it is or not, but I looked at his impossible a month ago, but now I'm thinking. Maybe we already know the OKC doesn't want picks though, so it would have to be players. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. I'll let Ryan honestly, talk because I feel like I've been talking too much. So, <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think OKC is in a place yet to really give up Shea Gilders Alexander. I mean, it's a nice pipe dream. I I think you know it's nice for us to dream and believe that, you know, you know, there might be a chance to get Shea Gilders, but I think right now he's probably, he's probably the only max player on the team and he's still young. So it's like, he still fits in with the rebuild on the, on the team. It's not like, it's not like he's like in his prime, like he's 28, 29 years old and the rest of the team is young and rebuilding. Like he still fits in within that timeline. So I don't think the Thunder is going to be willing to let go of Shea Gilders right now, even though they have Giddy on the come up, you know, it's, it's, he's like the only max player on the team. So, I mean, they still have cap space to sign another max player to pull with Shea Gilders, et cetera. So I don't, I, I don't see, I don't know. I don't see him as somebody that's going to be available for the Knicks to get through trade. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's going to be available at all. I don't think he's ever going to be available. I think, first off, I think that there's a good chance that OKC might pivot after this draft. If they get a top pick, they might say, Hey, we have enough of the players. We can start trying to be good. Mm-hmm. Not, I think they might tank again, but I think Shea Gilgis Alexander might complain to them, and then they'll be like, "Hey, listen, next year, 
That's it. We're no more tanking. We're going to actually try to be good after next draft, after 2023. Because 2023 has, like, the best prospect in, like, the last 10 years. I don't know. We'll talk about that later. But the point is, I don't think they're going to th- – they're, they're too good. And also, those guys can play together. Like, this idea that, like, Giddy is 6'8". Shea Gildas is 6'5 or 6'6 with a 7-foot wingspan. Like, mm-hmm. both, like, two small point guards where, like, they can't play together. Like, you want more players. Like, you want – those guys together you want as many guys that have that skill set together as you can get right right now now yeah. i agree I, I i feel like the only way i can see that happening is is like i kind of said like i said he's tired of losing at this point because it's obviously another rebuild year and he says i want to go somewhere but then still at that point do the knicks have the best assets at this point yeah, but also OKC could pivot. Like, if he says that to Presti, I want to start winning, Presti could say, ah, right, you know what? I could do some things. I got all these draft picks. I could trade. I can get in the guys who could help you win. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that too. Yeah, absolutely right. But it's, it's, it's one of those things where you got to look for uh, the scruntle star. <laughs> it's the scruntle star hunting time. Like, and, <laughs> they, and they did that. And they did that before. They did that with, uh, who was there? Was like Melo and um Paul George and <laughs> like Paul George was on Indiana and they just brought him in and it was like all right let's see what you got yeah but he had one year on his deal and he was gonna leave he told the Pacers he wasn't resigning so was yeah that too yeah right so maybe you do I don't know Zach Levine I don't know I don't but know SGA got like four years left on oh you're saying for OKC to get in the player they yeah. Got- Draft picks, man. Once one player is available, they could send like seven draft picks and it wouldn't be nothing to them. Yeah. Now you're absolutely right about that, man. This is kind of what I want to do. This. I-, I wanted to do the Sam Hinkie method-ish. <laughs> you stop calling it the Sam Hinkie message and start calling it the, the Sam-, is it Sam Presti, right, Sam? Yeah, the Sam yeah, Presti. Sam Presti. Sam Presti. Yeah. Well, he's doing this way worse than what Hinkie ever did. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, that's a fact. That is a fact, but he, he, he can stand to do that now that he's in OKC. Uh, you, you mentioned- Nobody cares about Oklahoma. It's so stupid. If, if the Knicks did that, we would be all over ESPN. They would probably try to fire. They would probably force Dolan to sell the team if the Knicks did that. <laughs> right. All right. Um, I, I know you, told, you, you, told, you mentioned another guy before. I know that I feel like this is a Scott Perry guy. I don't even know if he's going to be here next year. But um, Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton, uh, I've been saying for years, for the last couple of years anyway, any guy, any young guy can give you 20, over 20, and he's under 25, I'm looking at him like, huh. <laughs> you said he could give you 20? If he can give you over 20, and he's oh. under 25. Efficiently. Efficiently. He can even efficient. That's it, the thing that most people don't, I'm so tired of people saying, oh yeah, he scores a lot. Who cares if he scores a lot? Right now, he scores a lot efficiently. No, this I had the same I had the same argument about Zach Levine because people didn't want Zach Levine a couple of years ago, and I was like, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Are you guys?" I, I was getting called all sorts of names for wanting Zach Levine. Like Zach Levine was like twenty four, and he's giving you twenty five something a game on efficient scoring, and Colin Sexton is doing the same thing. Now here's the thing with Colin Sexton: he is a bull hog. Um, ooh, I didn't pay the bill. He is a bull hog. We have Julius <laughs> Randall here, and we also have R.J. Barry here. So the ball movement will be very uh, a sticky situation. We're gonna have to find a way to coach that out of him, or move players, other players to 
you know, make this more thing more believable. Obviously. But Colin Sexton, I, I just feel like he's one of those guys where you can stop, you can, you can nurture talent like that and and flip him later, if, even if it does fit, just because he can give you a bucket. And you, there's a premium on guys who can give you buckets. I'm sorry, come on, like Yeah, you know what the Knicks yeah. need to do is they need to take take shots, like take risky moves. Like everything can't be safe. Like this player, we know this player is good. He's going to be this. But we need a guy who, if he hits. He could be an all-star. You know, we got Cam Reddish, and you know, everyone says if he hits, he could be great. If if, if Sexton keeps getting better, he could be an all-star in the future. And like, what's Tibbs? What's Ryan? What is the main thing that Tibbs wants a point guard to do? Score. Not just score. How? Score how? Get to the basket. Exactly, and that is exactly what Colin Sexton could do, and particularly being able to beat a man one on one. He could do yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's not, he doesn't pass a lot, but he actually can pass when he wants to. So you're right. Tibbs would have to coach him to pass more, but that's what Tibbs wants. He wants a downhill point guard. He wants a gym rat. These are all things that they say about Sexton. Everyone says he's a gym rat. He, a lot of people argue that that part of the problem with Sexton is he's almost, he's too intense. Yeah, his attitude. Yeah. He was on a bad team. So when you like that on a bad team, you just get everyone pissed off with you. Tibbs loves that. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because if you ask Jay Ellis, the year that Sexton was in the draft, like I wanted the Knicks to draft Sexton. Like, oh yeah, he I was, was. I was like, I, yeah, I was big on Sexton coming out, coming out of Alabama, and I agree. And I think also the fact that he's coming off an injury as well, I think he would be cheaper just for the simple fact that he's recovering from an injury. So I think it would be a cheap move. You know, it would be a move that the Knicks can take a chance on. You know, Sexton could be a big hit for the Knicks. And then if anything, you know, if he's not such a big hit, it's not going to cost the Knicks much to get him. So I think it's a risk. I think it's a risk worth taking, worth, worth taking for the Knicks to go after Sexton if possible. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. And um, you already know I was Darius. You already know I was Darius Garland. Darius Garland Hive. And it's funny. I like yeah, any 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 way wrong about that. Drafts, that, 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 that. That man can ball. You definitely huh? were wrong yeah. about that. Those were different drafts. No, that was, no, that was a different draft. No, I'm just talking yeah. in, in in general. Yeah, we've been talking about we've been talking. The Knicks have been wanting a point guard for years. So every year, oh yeah, I know. I mean, I, yeah. I pointed out point guards also, I wanted. Like here's the argument. <laughs> I, I I'm tired of hearing. Oh well, he's not a true point guard. When I say this, neither is Emmanuel quickly, and we all want him to play point guard. So, yeah, like, as much of a point guard as Emmanuel quickly is, and you can argue Emmanuel quickly has been coached to be a better point guard. So why can't you coach Colin Sexton to be a better point guard? Neither of them are both true point guards. So don't give me the argument he's not a true point guard, but there, then someone want quick. There aren't many he's not a true point guard either. My thing is there aren't true point guards in the NBA anymore. There are. Yeah, there's very few. But there's like you can count on a hand, and most of them, uh, most of them are. are <laughs> we got Chris Paul. Yeah. Um, maybe you can say. I don't know. You can say John Morant ish, but he's not even like he's scoring. No, point he's guard. not even. Uh, nah, he's nah, a scoring. Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio. Yeah, Ricky Rubio. Yeah. Tyus Jones is a. Tyus Jones. And Tyus Jones is is another guy I want to mention. Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Yeah, yeah Kyle old. Lowry. Yeah, is another one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Most of the pure point guards are old. Mike right now. And I put a yeah. I put an asterisk on Kyle Lowry too, because even Kyle Lowry, I feel like Kyle Lowry is like a solid point guard. But I don't think of him as like this guy who is like a a floor general. Like he, nah, he's, he's good. You, he's a he's a floor. Well, he's, he's floor he's, general ish. But his levels of floor general, I'll say. Yeah, that. But he's but not Chris Paul. Exactly. Exactly. Like Kyle Lowry. 
you know, like Kyle Lowry, he can control pace, which is what point guards do. And he can, you know, he, he can run a team from the point guard position. So I would say Kyle Lowry is a pure point guard. You know what it is? I'm thinking about guys who can see. I, when I think about guys who can make plays happen or see plays before they develop, I don't put Kyle Lowry in. No, that. but I think he's a good passer like that. He's just not a great scorer, so therefore he doesn't he doesn't open up the options as much. I, I think he's a good player. It's just no, he's a good player. He's I'm not knocking his. I kind of almost put a, him in the Tyus Jones ish category where I feel like Tyus Jones, like Tyus Jones is doing pretty good in the playoffs. You, you already see what he's done. He's a, he, he's John Moran has been injured. He's only. And been injured for half most of the season. Uh, they what, what what were their record 20 and two? It was really good, but <laughs> without John, without John Moran, at the 20 and five, I believe. Yeah, and he's a guy who I don't feel like he's getting to the hole at some such a high clip, but he no, just makes not. the right pass and hits the three like that. To me, that's like a Kyle Lowry ish type of player. To me, yeah, I think Kyle Lowry is like the best version of that. Right, yeah, pure point guard. Isn't that like what we think of when we think of a pure point guard? Right, right, a, a pure point guard. But even for for this Knicks team, the way it's constructed, I feel like we, yes, I would like a pure point guard, but I think we need somebody to put the ball in the in the basket too. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. I'm just saying a lot of people. That's what they say whenever you talk about section. They say, well, he's not really a point guard. He's more of a shooting guard. And it's like I'm like, yeah, so was Emmanuel quickly at Kentucky. Right, right. Yeah, I right. mean, I mean, I mean, if you look at it from a realistic standpoint, a lot of these young, a lot of these young guards coming into the NBA nowadays, a lot of them are combo guards. They're not really, they're not really a legit point guard. They're not really a legit shooting guard. They just have, they they, they just have a combination of both. Like you can put them at the, they have some point guard skills, they have some shooting guard skills, and then it's combine them into one guard. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely right. The other reason I like Sexton so much is because. One of the things that I keep pushing back on people is like this idea of just trading Randall for nothing is that if you trade Randall for nothing, where does his usage go? RJ already has a high usage. And I mean, okay, you could try to give it to quickly, but come on, you're really going to just be like quickly go out there and shoot 20 shots a game. Yo, so it, if you have a Sexton, it's like, okay, now you have a player who if Randall sits, we know RJ and Sexton could take a lot of the shots. Right. And yo, here's my thing with quickly. And like I said, I don't know if it's a surefire way. I just feel really good about it. I, I, I feel like I feel like if we give him a chance, he can do it. But I almost feel like it's almost like a package deal to me. I, I feel I feel like Obi and Quickly's game complements each other so well that if you have those two in at the same time, is a chance that like we can stay afloat. Because because when I'm looking at the game, right, I'm looking at quickly who's been um who's been defensive rebounding at such a high clip. And then I'm looking at Obi Toppin, who is one of the fastest, if not the fastest player in the fast break situation, who who is like a leak out guy. I'm thinking a point guard who can rebound and a power forward who who's the fastest in the open floor. That's a nightmare. That's a nightmare pair of skill sets that can punish teams for long periods of time. And then you combine that with the floater going into the pick and roll and and quickly being able to hunt mismatches and get to the hole better and, and OB is a chance for is a chance for something to be really good if those guys are playing together, man. 
Like, I, I, I really think this is a shot. But not to say that Colin Sexton wouldn't be nice as well. I think Colin, I'm, I'm on, I'm on board for Colin Sexton because he's a young player, and he would solidify us for real. But I'm also I have a really good feeling about Quickly this season, man. I, I oh, I got a feeling, good feeling. I mean, I got a good feeling about Quickly too. But I just I don't want to. I just think people. I don't know. People. I feel like Knicks fans are putting almost too much pressure on him right now. The way it is right now, everyone's like. Whereas if he's not that good, if he takes a step back, everyone's gonna be like. I feel like everyone's expecting him to be so great already. That's Knicks fans. Yeah, that's everybody. That's Knicks. Like yeah. we can't at this point. Just quickly though, it's not. They're not uh, Obi. Okay, people think he's good, but no one's like, oh my god, Obi next year is gonna be uh, this and that. Like everyone, people are really expecting a lot from quickly next year. Like people are like everyone. Every time there's a if a Knicks fan posts a highlight or anything about Brunson, anyone IQ's better. IQ's better. IQ's better. It, it, they put in a lot on him. That's all I'm gonna say. Listen, yeah, they put in a lot of RJ. They want to. Man, everybody's really. Gung ho about maxing RJ, and I'm th- and I and I'm not and I'm not saying not to max. I'm not saying RJ not to pay RJ. Not to max RJ. Him. Why not? Huh? You can say not to max RJ. No, I don't. I don't want. You no, know, it's funny. It's funny. Before Berman said it, I don't know because you got you here all the time. When matching RJ came up, the day before Berman said it, I said it at the very end of a show, but. <laughs> I like it was like the last two minutes of the show, and I was like, I wouldn't max more. I wouldn't max RJ at this point. Like, and he's a good player, but he's not a max player to me at this point. And I would have incentives just like they did with Julius Randle. They didn't max Julius Randle. They was like, if you make this well, they gave the thing is they gave Julius Randle the max they could give him at the time though. So that's what that's the confusing part that everyone gets confused about. No, he could have had more. He there was more money. No, he on couldn't. The table. I don't think he could have got more money. I think nah, there was more money on the table. His extension could be. There was there was more money on the table. He, there was just bonuses if he was reaching all star status and yeah, he wasn't max. He was, I think he was he wasn't no Julius Randle was not max. A shout out to JT Reddick since Port Nine Super Chat. He says, yeah, salute. I don't know what move is really going to move the needle. It's a mess out here. Now it is a mess out here. <laughs> yeah, so I think, I mean, look, you, you, here's All right, guys, give me one moment. Yeah, you, could pay, you could pay RJ a lot of money without giving him a max. And that's all I'm saying. Give him five, like 150 million. Is that, that's not a little bit of money. That's not like, oh my God, how dare you give him 150 million? No, nah, I agree with you. I, that, that, if you give him five years, 150 million, that's, that's a lot of money. That's thirty million dollars a year. Yeah, that's the. And listen, RJ has a chance to be an all star. He absolutely does have a chance to be an all star, and um, he really does. But he has to. He has to improve his percentages. He has to improve his finishing, and it's not a foregone conclusion that that's going to happen. But he's going to work on it, and I I trust that he's going to put the work in, and that's why I love RJ so much. I wouldn't trade him in no Donovan Mitchell trade or anything like that because I still want to see what he has. But, you know, he has a chance. He has a chance. The, but the, the thing about RJ is he still gets to the – the thing that I like about RJ, he still gets to the rack, and he still is going to draw fouls. So even if his percentages are kind of low, he can offset that if he just improves his future three throw shooting. Yeah, I was gonna say he got to make free throws though. <laughs> he, he has to improve his free throws. If, if if he improves his free throws alone, then it's not so bad. It's not so you you can get by. 
But to get that to that, yeah, James match Harden. Level, that's that's what James Harden did for like, and now we're seeing it. That's what James Harden did. You just keep getting free throws. Just keep getting free throws. Just keep hitting free throws. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't think, I don't think it's the time to to max RJ. Uh, but extend them, yes, max. When I like people think that they act like it's disrespectful to say that. Like I said, I still think you should get paid a lot of money. Yeah, but not one hundred eighty million. That's a lot of money. Like. <laughs> Yeah, nah, I agree. I mean, if, if you could just tell them, look, you didn't make the All Star team. If you would have made the All Star team, we would have gave you the max. Yeah, absolutely. But at this point, I'm, I, I'm, I do get the fear though. I do get the fear. Um, when Kristaps Porzingis was here, it's funny because when Kristaps Porzingis was here, um, and we was having the same conversation. About Christos Porzingis. He's the best player we had in a long time. He's a unicorn. He's the fourth pick. We should max him. And the fear of the pillar of your franchise leaving and being unhappy is really what, you know, forced people to say, you know, we're just giving the max anyway, just because we don't. Yeah, but him. he was an all star. And, but the thing is this that conversation kind of ended when he tore his ACL. It did. Before he tore his ACL, he was an all star. RJ is not an all-star. Right. But but to me, even before that, I didn't see him as a max player. Because to me, a max player is a person who can force double teams and be a playmaker and be the guy who can run a team the whole time. Chris Aprosingas, to me, wasn't doing that. Like he can So Anthony Davis is not a max player? Anthony Davis can force a double team. Yeah, but he can't. All right. I mean I guess you're right about that. If you can force a double team, to me, if you're in the NBA, if you can force a double team, then you can start to make everybody else better. But the, to me, the first step to making everybody else better is forcing a double team. And that's either, that's either, as a point guard, you can do that by being able to go to the hole and people collapsing. RJ can do the same thing. As as at, at shooting guard position, and that's why I like RJ and his playmaking ability. That's why I feel like he still has, he has a chance, um, more than chance to Kristaps in my in my opinion. You no, know, Ryan's like, why are you guys talking about Porzingis? But <laughs> <laughs> no, all I will say is this: I think if he didn't get hurt, I think he would be a, he would definitely deserve a max player if he never got hurt. But my thing is this: I think you have to take into account the defensive impact, and I think that the the fact that like. And it's, you're going to see this with this draft. Chet Holmgren is, is literally the same exact type of player. Right. You could defend the paint at that high level and block everything and also stretch the floor at that high level. You might not be able to draw double teams. You might not be a playmaker, but you are really valuable. No, valuable is different. You, 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 valuable you, is what we're talking about. We're talking about money. Right, right. Money, valuable. I'm but but, but valuable and max valuable is different. If you're looking at Dallas think, right now, tell me Dallas is getting this far with Chris Aprazingas on the line. They not. If he they never not. Tore his ACL. They are not. That's what I was talking about, Jay. Like that, that's a whole no. different world. ACL or not? Player. Well, first of all, well, he was a different player on the Knicks before he tore his ACL. You I no, I agree yeah, with that. That is true. That is true. I agree with that. I agree with that. But I'm part- talking pre-injury Porzingis, not after. Now I don't care about him. Now I'm saying pre-injury Porzingis. No, I agree. I agree. Before his yeah. ACL, he was a different. And player. that's what Chet Holmgren's going to be. So just remember this because that's that's going to be a lot of debates about whether he should be the number one pick or not. No, I, I agree. No, I do. I do agree to that. Before he tore his ACL, he was an all star. He was a better all around player. But even yeah, the reason we got to this, Ryan, is because we were talking about RJ and he was saying how it's a similar situation. I'm like, 
Yeah, but Porzingis was an All Star in his third year, and then he tore his ACL, so that's why it's different. Oh, okay. Right. I'm sorry. I even even know how that conversation got here, but <laughs> but um. I'm, see, I'm about to turn it into a thrash KP situation, and that's not even where I wanted to go. It's <laughs> great to watch the Mavericks and not have to root against them. Oh, it's, it's a completely different feeling. Watching I the love Mavericks. watching yeah. Luca play. Luca's yeah. one of like, my favorite yeah, Luca's players. A beast, then, you know, yeah. My boy Frank is playing too. So, exactly. You know. Hive all day. I can I can, I can cheer for Luca and Frank now and not have to worry about the snake. Even though Dimwitty, you know, is yeah, but yeah. I, yeah, I can kind of get over that. Yeah, I mean, Dinwiddie not as bad as KP though. That's yeah, the thing. That's, that's a different situation. And it's like Dinwiddie's been humbled. I feel like with the way with the way the Wizards just threw him out, like they didn't care about him. Right. Uh, shout out to Paris Dalgar. He says, he says send a two dollars super chat. It says, would you trade RJ for the Pelican seventh pick? Hell no. Wait, wait, wait. trade RJ? Hell what? No. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> The seventh pick? No, no, no. <laughs> no. I don't even know if I would trade him for the. I mean, you guys, it's a debate if I would trade him for the top pick. It's a debate. That's a nah. debate. Yeah, it's a debate, but this draft is a debate because the top dra- picks, the top four picks, they're good, but like they're not lottery. They're not like oh, this guy's talent. gonna be an all Hall of Famer off the bat, right? To answer your question, Parrish, no, you wouldn't. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this: if the Knicks were to trade RJ for the seventh pick, Leon Rose and Scott Perry, all of them dudes would be fired the next day. <laughs> fired the next day if they would actually to make that trade. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I don't think that here's another thing with that. I don't think they're gonna trade any of the young like IQ, Obi, or RJ for the simple fact that I think the fans would riot. Like if they were to trade one of them, even if it was for Donovan Mitchell, yo, the right they, they, I mean, yes, and the, they'll get over it. Listen, freaking Golden State traded Monta Ellis, and they rioted. That was the heart and soul of that team. Yeah, but we're not Golden State. We're New York, the Knicks, man. We're crazy. For <laughs> Donovan what Mitchell, you call it, the, the I, side talk videos. <laughs> I already, man. I already know what happened. Fans are <laughs> right for like a week. Donovan Mitchell will get here. Everybody will start to cheer. He's gonna drop twenty four. And everybody's gonna, he's, they're gonna cheer for Donovan Mitchell, and then they're gonna cheer for quickly in Utah when they see him. That's that's what will happen. Hope, better hope we win because that's the thing. If we, if we win, if we, and I don't think, I don't think it's gonna be as bad as you think. It's gonna be bad for a stint. It's gonna be bad for a stint, but it's not gonna be bad for the entire time. That's the way I see it anyway. But yo, so, salute to the chat, man. Uh, thanks for watching. We we go all over the place right now. We talking. I'm shocked nobody else has joined this besides just me. <laughs> yeah, I'm shocked. Today I, I, was I, I, you you know what it is? I think people feel like this is the panel, so they so they're like, yeah, we're just gonna watch these guys talk, and and and, and I don't think they I don't think they're aware that they could join if they join if they want to. I think they just, they just think that we're the panel, so they're like, yeah, we're just gonna sit back and watch. You yeah, know, thanks. That makes me feel good. That makes me think that they think that I'm a host. That's crazy. Yeah, man, Jason, Jason. Well, I'm about to wrap it up, so. Um, we might have to do this format again. I'm gonna I'm try it again. Maybe I'll try to package it better. Put click to join. I didn't. One thing I didn't know this was coming on. I just went on YouTube and saw it. So that's another thing. Like, I don't know if, if yeah. I posted it. On, I posted it on Twitter. I know a lot of people follow me on Twitter. I posted it on Twitter with a direct link. Say hey, fans, you can join it. When did you post it on Twitter? Though? I posted it today. It was like an hour before. It was an hour. Before. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. So if you would have posted it maybe earlier and then a reminder, then you know because I'm always on Twitter and I didn't even know this. I feel you. Got you. Got you. All right. But you know what? I th- 
I don't, do you guys have anything else to say? I think I'm gonna wrap it up. I feel like we talked about everybody, but we talked about Tyus Jones. Oh, you know what? Tyus, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's go through the list either or and see. Tyus Jones or Emmanuel quickly. For what? Starting point guard, New York Knicks. Would would you? I don't think Tyus Jones. I yeah, I think I think Tyus is more of a backup. I, mean, I, I would I would I wouldn't I, I would pick quickly off from. Okay. I would love if Tyus Jones was Emmanuel quickly's backup. <laughs> All right, Jalen Brunson, or quickly. I mean, that's the pause. Get Brunson if you can get him. Well, that's yeah. all I'll say. Yeah, Jalen Brunson, he's balling in the playoffs. I mean, we've yet to see what quickly can do in the play. I mean, we have seen a little bit, but that was his rookie season. So, yeah, Brunson at the moment. Brunson, yeah. Is there a number that scares you? Because the number was twenty million before, and I can see the number going up. Maybe twenty seven. No, I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't pick him up. For, I wouldn't pick him up for twenty seven. No, it gotta be below twenty five. That's my number. But it might. That's what he might get paid, man. He's been balling. He's been balling. He's been balling. Yeah, I th- yeah. I think I think twenty is reasonable. If I can get him at a reasonable price, but if I'm to overpay, I'm, I'm not. I'm not pulling the trigger on that. No. Shop House asks, "Will quickly be a starter? If Brunson is here, he's not going to be a starter. Guaranteed." I don't uh, think quickly has any chance of being a starter next year. Sorry to burst everyone's bubble. Don't such a downer. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Thanks for you said sorry, it's, but you're it, really not. All right. It's either going to be Rose or whoever the next break in. <laughs> yeah, or it might not. What are, it, I mean, he made Alec Burks the point guard. Did any of us think that was going to happen? Like, it could be some weird thing we don't even think about. And we're like, really? That's what you're going to do? He has to move oh, Alec man. Burks because. Could be, could be RJ Barrett for all we know. <laughs> oh, and here comes Ken. All right, Ken, I'm about to wrap it up. So I'm so you gotta make this one quick, but I'm I'm putting Ken in the room right now. Shout out to Ken. Go to the four, four screen mode. Why why are we talking to Ken? Because this was the open the open chat version of the Nick of Time show. Could have up to six people. Right now it's four. Uh but sh- let me get to these super chats. How about RJ? Well, you just want to get rid of RJ. Okay, cool. <laughs> How about RJ for the Pelicans' two first-round picks? Two first-round picks. I'm not. I don't know I'm where he gets RJ for picks right now. They only have one first-round pick. But he get two from? I don't know. Either way, I'm not. I'm not moving RJ for picks right now. No. I know the Pelicans probably. He's probably thinking because the Pelicans have the Lakers pick. No, well, the thing is they had another pick, but that pick is going to Charlotte. Mm, got you. Yeah, but like I said, either way, I'm not trading RJ for picks at this moment. So no. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, JT Reddickson's the four nine super chat says, "Great show, Jason. You you did your thing on today's show. Salute. I gotta zoom the next time. You're Shout thanks, out. thanks, <laughs> thanks. All right. Ken is still signing up. Yeah, still connecting audio. Connecting audio." Connecting audio. All right. So I think we all agree Colin Sexton over at Emmanuel Quickly. Yeah. It would be great together, to be honest. Like, they don't got to be one another. I feel like it has to be. Why? He played Rose with, with Quickly together. Yeah. It's funny because, you know what? They could play together. I looked, you know what? When I looked at Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, I always thought it was a mistake to have Garland off ball. 
I always thought it was a mistake because he's more of the pure playmaker out of the two. Yeah, because but he's a better yeah. passer than I, both quickly and and yeah, not for real for sure. Yeah, but and, offensively, I think that I mean I, I would have to check, but I think offensively they were pretty good. It was defensively that they got killed. But IQ is a much better defender than than Garland is. Yeah, he definitely is. Is he? He would have um. There would be a problem. To, I don't think it would be a problem with them both starting together. I would think because of the size. Because I the, I think that only works when you have when your team like the the Raptors when because you know when the Raptors did it and they had Kyle Lowry and, and and Van Vliet and Van Vliet those guys are short but they're also stocky. So yeah, like look, they don't have to start together, but they can play together. They can play together That's in stints. Point. That was my point. They can play, they can play together, together in stints a lot. Yeah, they can play together in stints, but I wouldn't do. I don't know if I would do like thirty minutes a game with both of them playing together. That might be much to me. If they both as good as we think they could be, <laughs> I mean, like I would, like I would, I would definitely surround it with like guys who can defend. Like you know, if I'm gonna have Sexton and quickly in the backcourt, I'm making sure my front three right, can right. really can really defend. Now nah, I agree with you. I agree with you there. And I'm, I'm. Hey Ken, are you still? What happened to you? You got stuck in the Matrix. I'm trying to wait. I'm trying to wait for you, bro. Wrap the show up, but just remember, like the Knicks had the best one of the best benches, and it was IQ and and Beric Rose playing together. Yeah, the, the Knicks had like they were like top three scoring well, like, in, in the that league. worked. No, you're I mean, right. I know it was a bench unit. You're but right. It worked. You're right. You're absolutely right. I'm I'm just worried about the defense. I'm worried about the defense. Um, offensively for long, the, I'm worried about the defense right. long term for long stretches of time. I'm worried That's about why. what's his name Fournier if he starts. I don't want Fournier starting next year. Because unless unless Emmanuel quickly was obviously this odd, unless Emmanuel quickly was the starting point guard, I don't want Fournier starting because whoever was the starting point guard is is most likely not going to be that good a defensive player. Like Brunson, Sexton, neither of them are great defensive players. Which is why I wanted Grimes in. Which is why, yeah, exactly, yeah, and, and, and yeah. This is why I wanted the Grimes start. That's a whole other story. Yeah, my guy again, Ken is trying to figure it out. Yeah, struggling at the moment. Hmm. But shout out to the chat real quick while we're waiting for Ken to drop his last minute jewels. See, uh, Shot Power says you also have the Westbrook deal with Levine and Randall. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit earlier. Is there a chance to move Randall for D. Russell? Um, I'm not sure why the Timberwolves will take that, but I think that's um, trade actually because I what what here's my question. I don't. You're right. I don't think the T Wolves will really want Randall, but who are they getting for D'Angelo Russell? I mean, it's funny. I, I've never I been a big Russell fan in general. I know. I know. Um, I know. Raw loves Russell. And his. I've never been the big Russell's fan. But he got better no, this no, year. He, like his defense actually, this year was actually pretty good. This is the first year where he actually was a pretty good defensive player because he's been terrible the rest of his the rest of his career. The, the only issue I have with D'Angelo Russell is the efficiency. That's the only issue I really have with him. That's been my uh, that's always that's always been my issue. With yeah, him, that's, my, that's my only issue with him. Always been my issue. Shout out, yo! What's going on, Ken? Shout out to Ken. Sitting. He's joined us in the chat. I thought I was in the dark. Yeah, he's in the dark, <laughs> dark. Yeah. Hello? Yo, what's going on, Ken? Yo, I thought you guys were done already, man. Yo, we are done. You jumped in the room the last minute, so uh, I'm going to let you speak your piece on what's been going on tonight, and then we're going to wrap it up. 
Mm. Oh man, hey, thanks for having the show. Uh, yeah, man, I think we definitely need to talk about the the point guard position, what's going on, and um, the, the bit I heard, you guys made some good points. Uh, I really don't know where we're gonna go this off season, honestly. Uh, Brunson, like you said, his price tag keeps going up, um, and I really don't see anybody who's going to be um, available. I think to your point, you guys are talking about Chai. Um, SGA, mm-hmm. I could see something like at the trade deadline, maybe him, Zion, a couple of guys, uh, even Dame, like, you know, teams that, that are going south. And then maybe like, okay, l- let's start making a move. We're going to tank for 2023 draft and maybe uh, make a trade there. So, um, but yeah, this off season, I- it's going to be difficult. Um, the only last thing I want to mention really quick is uh, uh, I sent you the article on the draft conspiracy, what I predictions for the, uh, for the draft. Right. Right. So, um, you know, obviously we want the Knicks move up. It's not a really good chance. They do the, the Lakers did move up in 2019 when they had the 11th pick like the Knicks did, but they're the Lakers we're we're the Knicks. (laughs) But, um, the other thing is that, uh, in the article, I do mention there is a trend about the teams that move up every year. So if you notice the teams that have moved up in the lottery, the last three years since they flattened the odds, they all have something in common. And that's in the article. So whenever that gets published, uh, there's some good tidbits in there. And then uh, some good conspiracy theories as well. So is it that they lose one of their key better key players before they move up? I'm sorry? He's trying to guess the article. Is it that they, they <laughs> lose one of their key players the, the, right before they move up? That who loses a key player? The team that moves up. So, like, for instance, the Grizzlies, they lost Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol. They moved up. The oh, Pe- I, I wrote that. <laughs> Davis, they moved up. The, the Raptors lost Lowry. They moved up. Yeah, that that's uh, – I've mentioned that. All right, see, I'm not the only one, so I'm not that crazy. Uh, no, <laughs> I, this was more difficult, right? Because, like, those, those are, like, some obvious needs. This year, it's a little more difficult. Uh, and part of it is, like, you don't know what Portland's going to do. Because, you know, if they're going to keep Dame or move them. But what I was looking at is who really, the clue I'll give you is who really needs a star, right? Out of the, you know, out of the small market teams. And then when I was, when I was doing the analysis, like one team stuck out. It's like, hey, this team really needs to get taken care of by uh, by Adam Silver. Spurs. And then there's the other things that the, uh, you know, that would benefit the league. So last year I did pretty good predicting the draft. I got 10 out of 14. Um, nice, but uh, but we'll see this year. This year looks tougher, so and you of course, the lottery you know, or the picks you, you predicted the picks. No, no, just the lottery. Oh, he okay. always picks, he pre, he predicts, he tries to, yo, Jalen, what are you gonna do? Like, who do you think is gonna win? I was like, I don't know, Ken. Like, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> you don't know, it's not an acceptable answer. He's been selling, he, he's been mad at me every year. Like, for... like, like, it's like, it's also, no gonna... I, I mean, it's luck, Ken. That's why it's lottery. If you hit. If I think Dame is staying, by the way. If you miss, no one's going to remember. That's it. <laughs> Dame is, they just hired the GM to be the full-time GM. And Dame is going to be the at the lottery. He's going to be the guy, their, their representative. Oh, he's definitely yeah, staying. I think yeah. Zion's staying, too, that's by the what way. I, that's, that's what I'm him. thinking. Is, it's all moving. Now, the big question is Anthony Simons. Are they going to do a sign and trade like LaMelo Ball did? Or are they just going to keep him? Because if you keep him, it's kind of the same situation they had with, with McCollum. Right? It's two small guards. What I'm thinking is Portland could be um, a good destination for Randall because they're desperate and there isn't many options out there and they need a front court guy. So 
So maybe we get we are able to dump Randall up on uh, on Portland. But like I said, it also depends how it's the lottery because if we get lucky and we move up, then that opens up a lot of opportunities for us. Uh, so we'll see. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so that article will be coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, and then, like I said, guys, check it out. Let me know what you think. And uh, you can tell me I'm crazy and, and it's cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll, try, I'll try to post that tonight, actually, after we, we get off. I'll post it up so you cool, can get, cool. get a look at that. All right. Hey, man, thank you guys for, for doing this, man. We need to, we, we need our next fix, man. We can't, we, we need to at least uh, have one of these once a week, man, to get us through. So, so next time you do this, we'll actually know where the Knicks are picking. So then, then we can start strategizing. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Not for sure. Yeah, definitely right, right about that. All right, well, guys. Yeah, have a good night. Thanks a lot. All right, salute, I'm salute. Sure ending, right? Salute. Right. So yeah, salute. this is our open forum. I might have. I might try to have another one. I might try to have another open forum. If you guys didn't know, shout out to um, shout out to I shout out still Knicks fans, uh. I'm gonna try to have another open forum situation just to switch it up. Maybe we'll do that more in the off season. Like maybe during the season we'll do this like once a month or something. Just switch, just to switch it up, give you guys a chance to like really get in here. But um, yeah, I'm still contemplating on what to do. I know the the draft is on Tuesday. I'm trying to figure out should I do a draft Tuesday or should I wait to get the draft guy. Should I do a draft show Tuesday? Or should I wait to get a draft guy so we can really just really deep? Which dive? which draft guy are you gonna get? I'm bringing. I'm, I'm definitely gonna bring Jake back. Jake Rosen. Bring bring Jake Rosen back, yeah, and uh, um, I might I might try to see. I feel like Corey always would be down too. I haven't talked to yeah, Corey Corey's in a minute. Too. I haven't talked to Corey in a minute, so. But yeah, I'm gonna look for to bring those guys back, and talk some draft. Um, sometime I'm thinking I might. I'm I'm thinking I'm leaning towards after Tuesday, but let me know what you guys think. I mean, I, I, me personally, I would probably wait till I get the draft expert, mm-hmm. you know, and then do the draft show then. Okay, yeah, I want I want to get like a real, I don't want to do yeah. a show for show sake. I want to get like information, information, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. you should probably get in like the draft people, get them to talk and then later, because a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't really know a lot about the draft. Like they learn it from these type of, these Right, videos. and like yeah. Jake and those guys, like that's what they do. Yeah, those guys, are crazy. Those, guys, they, those guys do. I got so much respect for them. Yeah, man. Watching college basketball, but I can't be like framing through like five hours on one player. Yeah, yeah exactly. And congratulations to Jake. I think he got like a promotion. And I keep saying, I feel like I, f- I feel like I feel like we were the first ones to put him in the Knicks, U- Knicks YouTube streets, and he's blowing up now. So shout out to Drake. Not to say that to take, cause he's done a great job, and he he puts in a lot of work. So shout out to Drake. To, to Drake, to Jake for all the work he's doing. <laughs> Drake, nah, shout to Jake. <laughs> Drake, <laughs> shout out to Kendrick, man. Uh, listen to the album, and um, I haven't really got a like, good listen to it, but the single's dope. Uh single's definitely dope, iconic single. But yes, sir. Let's go. All right, that is our show. Um. Thanks for having me. All right, I'm gonna head out. Thanks. All right, no problem. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks for joining Yo, us. Thanks for joining us. It's fun. Hold on, let me switch up the screen. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It was fun. It was fun having me here. Good to see you, Jason. Now I know what you look like. <laughs> But yo, that is our show. Next show, I'm not sure what the next show is gonna be. But I'm 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 working on some other stuff behind the scenes to get uh some other content going. So hopefully, 
um that'll be coming to you guys soon all right but um we will be doing a draft show after tuesday so keep an eye out for that all right and if something else pressing happens we'll definitely talk about it and salute to y'all man thanks for the likes and the subscribes on the road to seven thousand seven thousand subscribers so let's hope, hope we get there all right yes uh, sir so you know what ryan let me know where to can find you sir you can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I L L I N. I got some things in the pipeline, so watch out for Sir G's corner as well. And of course, Sir G is chilling. I'm, I'm gonna be posting content on there soon enough. And also, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. All right. Also, you already know you can find us. You can find us at the K O T Show on Twitter um hold on let me get my yeah you can find us on the kt show on twitter you can listen to us on soundcloud itunes google play stitcher and spotify um you can find us also on the nick of time show on instagram and facebook and you can buy our kt snapbacks at nicktimeshow.com so thank you guys for watching that is our show we are out of here peace peace Wait, we hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you forgot, man. We got well, we we did hit the seven thousand mark. Oh, we did. We hit the seven thousand mark. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hold up. Yo, thank you guys. After the Berman episode, we did hit seven thousand. So shout out oh, to you guys, man. Shout out to you guys. Up, that's what's up for the support. Thank you. We hit seven thousand subscribers. Next stop is ten k. Yes, sir. And hopefully we'll get there soon enough. I want to get I want to get there by by September. Let's see. Let's make it happen. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. That is our show. We out of here. Peace. Shut out the worldwide west. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here. York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, York, New York, big city of dreams. In, 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 in,